Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Nick, and this is episode number 182. So I keep getting in trouble because apparently my introductions are too formal. So I'm waiting for the classical music to start playing. Oh, oh, so, wait, are we recording? I just woke up. Oh my god. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. He's been storing that oh. shit up all week, Nick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him good. Wow. Well, <laughs> with me, apparently, are two comedians, Justin and Jesse. What's going on? Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> There's an intelligent reply for it. <laughs> oh, okay, clowns. What's going on? It's kind of a short little bit of a short. We're recording on a different night. We're trying something different. We are. Going out of the box. That's good. We like trying trying out of the box thinking. Yeah. We're, yep. we're, this is what we and call. And then recognizing that we fear change and going back to the norm. <laughs> I, well, yeah. You know, we got, we're trying to uh, just make life a, a little bit easier for us. Adjusting some scheduling. So we're recording on a Thursday night. That's right. Instead of our regular Instead Friday. Friday. Yes. But did anyone... Because Nick has to go out and party all Friday night. Yeah, that's it. Busted. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, the big party animal. <laughs> he, he doesn't even sound remotely guilty, does he, Jesse? No, not even a little bit. No. Yeah. No. I'll be stuck sitting probably right back in the but, same I mean, spot. Y- you could, you know, pinpoint that at me being the youngest one, but you know, I had to record all through college on Friday night, so I ain't got no friends. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Very Any good opportunity point. you had for friends was lost a long time ago. Very yeah. true. So did anyone fly since we last spoke? Well, stop for a second. I think I want to hear the answer to that question from you first. Oh, from me? Yeah. You're, you're going to go it's first It's going to make the rest week. of us look bad, I have a feeling. Okay. No. I Well, I did fly. Okay. I got out. Not a lot. Only a handful. Because uh, it was quite windy. Oh, yeah. Last weekend. Weather. Yes. The weather. It, it The storm came in. But I was dying to try something. So I gutted it out. I went out there. I, I've been curious to try some different options as far as... I'm just really enamored, I guess, would be the, the term, maybe. Justin, my dictionary, does that pass? Continue. We'll uh, see. Uh, enamored <laughs> with the whole three-bladed head. Like, it, it's really piqued my interest in how 
Because I, I've, I like to think that when it comes to two-bladed heads, I understand blades, blade profiles, how it should react depending on the shape of the tip, cord width, weight, uh, cord-wise CG. I mean, all that kind of stuff. I've got a really good grasp there. And I would know what to expect in flight. But this whole triple-bladed head thing, it's like what you think that you want out of a blade it's just like completely different. Uh, you know, we we want a different tip on it. And this, so I went out and took my 690 3D, the trioblin blades, and I slapped on a set of the regular old, well, I shouldn't say regular old, but the same blades that I would run on my two-blade head, which would be the 690 3Ds. With the higher weight per blade. That's correct. Yeah. So they're sitting okay. at about one. Oh, man. Now I got to remember. 190 something. Yeah. They're like 30 or so grams heavier. No, not that 20, much. 30 grams. Surprisingly, dude, not that much. I thought hmm. that the three blade sets were like one. What yeah, were they? Didn't, didn't, well, didn't you guys keep saying the rotating mass is about the same? Well, I think that was the original intent, but what we're finding is that the blades <laughs> that were actually... Someone put some extra weights in the blades. Yeah, they are. They're a little heavier than we expected. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went out and flew these, and I got to tell you, I really like it. Like, I was on the right track, and remember we were talking about that softness in the collective, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's all, <laughs> I can't even think, it's all in the tip, baby. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is in the tip. Because, um, yeah, I got that snap. That's the highest speed airflow. Yeah. Absolutely correct. And I got that, I got that snap back. Now, you can definitely feel the weight of the blades. And in, you know, with the nature of the th- uh, of the three bladed head, uh, stability. I do not need any more stability in the head <laughs> at all. Period. End of story. You need to tune it down. Yeah, but well, you can't go any lower, can you? Not on gain. Well, I can start punching numbers in manually, but I have a feeling that I'm. What's going to happen is I'm going to get out of the range of the control loop, where the control loop functions properly. Um. So, yeah, it was a good experiment uh, just to kind of for me to really learn about what I think if, you know, if Nick was going to design a set of blades for a three-bladed head, how how would I do it? What would be the ones that I would exactly go for weight-wise? So it was just kind of a fun experiment. I really dug it, though. I mean, I took all the paddle, I took all the paddle sim back out and dropped like 50 RPM. And it was just, it was very snappy. I was digging it. All of the paddle hmm. sim. All the paddle sim. What gone. about like the back pitch to zero? Pump. Or I mean, excuse me. Sorry, not paddle sim. Pitch. Pump. I was going to say. You. I, okay. You, you meant pitch pump. Yeah. No, but okay. it was definitely like I would have to go. I would probably have to go up in my paddle sim just a little bit. Uh, okay. Um, because again, they're just that much heavier. Um, it definitely tracked well. <laughs> Man, it was it was crazy, but yeah, fun little experiment. So I got a couple flights in on that. I uh, really enjoyed it, and then co- pretty much called it good from there. I've got, I have spent a couple days on the sim, which I am quite proud of. 
At, at, nice. Yep, spending some lunch times at work, and I think I'm actually going to really start hitting it hard in the evening. Uh, I I I had some genuine inspiration uh, when Justin and I were out there flying, being able to actually start throwing some Pyro TikToks together, and having them look like Pyro TikToks. I was yeah. I was surprised <laughs> at how comfortable I was doing. Like how comfortable it was. They did not. It was. It was one of those where they're. Oh well, that looks like crap. Okay. Well, yeah, not only did you know you were doing pure TikToks, we knew you were doing yeah. pure TikToks. <laughs> yes, most of the time they were recognizable. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's not like for me they are not like uh, pure flips. They are much more comfortable to learn. Like there's there's mm-hmm. less of a pucker factor. I feel like I could take Pyro TikToks and you know put them at fifty feet and just start going away, and I'm not gonna. They're not gonna get out of shape that bad. Whereas like going from learning left rudder Pyro flips to right rudder Pyro flips, man. I mean, shit goes downhill in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> you real, know what I'm talking real fast, about. <laughs> real fast. Yeah, it's hard enough to quit pyroing left. It's really hard to quit pyroing right when it's going out of control. Your brain just stops. Yeah. yeah. You're just... <laughs> so uh, I think those uh, are on my, um, you know, I'll keep polishing them on the sim, but those are, I'm thinking those are kind of number one priority in my real life. Well, uh, the one thing I've kind of found with that maneuver in particular is it's, I feel like it's a lot easier to do them on the sim. I, I don't think oh, they're it's, all that difficult on well, the sim. How about, it's one that's a lot harder in real life. I'm well, actually going to counter that. You should be that. able to do them really easily on the three blade, dude. It, yeah, because yeah. here's the deal, Jesse. I am significantly better at them on the three blade than I am the two blade. Really? Yes. Hmm. And, and that's not mental. Nope. That was proven. That was a back to back flight. Because it's just, it feels much more simish. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, I'm not saying that it's like better, using my air quotes with better. It's just because that's that translation from sim to real life, like we were talking about. How is your sim model tuned versus how is your real mm-hmm. life model tuned? The stability that the sim gives is much more, uh, much more represented by the three blade head. So it's easier for me to do the immediate transfer over. Now, you know, if I were to to work on them on the two-bladed head and spend time on them, do I think that I could do them just as good? Oh, I, absolutely. I don't, I don't feel that one is going to actually do the maneuver better. I just think that the learning process is, is more simish and more transferable on the three-bladed head. Damn it, I really want to get a three-blade head on one of my helis, but I'm going to hold off. Yeah, I I, I understand it. I, I'm really excited to get the one for the 570. I think that's going to... That's going to end up being super popular, dude. Yep, because... I can see it now. It's the price range where, you know, it, it's more affordable to try. You know, if you just want to try it out. And the 570 was so popular, and it, it is just an incredible flying model that I, I think a lot more people are, are apt to try it. I'm excited to get it on there. I'm hoping to get, you know, maybe 
How about this? If it can give me 700 two blade class stability in my 570, I'd be I'd be crazy happy. I mean, what a what a perfect machine to haul in the car and fly at lunch. Yeah, true. So that was really the extent. I don't think I bought anything. Well, how much sim time did you get in? Uh, about an hour and a half, I want to say, over the course of the week. So I'm still, yeah. I'm still lagging behind, definitely. But I'm starting to fall. This this week was kind of a a catch up week, like you know, podcast wise for me. Um, we've been really, really busy, and so I'll say right now, very upfront, I have an embarrassing amount of emails that I have not gotten to. I mean, flat out embarrassing. It's never been this bad, but you know, things have been a little bit different lately. So I'm, I'm very far behind. I really apologize. I'm trying not to ignore everyone, but I just, it's tough, but I got a lot of stuff done and caught up and I feel like I'm starting to fall into a rhythm. So I'm hoping that in that rhythm, the sim can find its place in the evenings. Because <laughs> I think I learn, I really retain a lot more when I'm flying in the evening before I go to bed versus flying at lunch at work. It's yeah, so- I tried flying at lunch a little bit uh, on the sim, and it just doesn't, my head's not in it. Because, you know, you're you're at work, and then you're expected to transition from that into focus on a completely different but supposedly more fun thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just go fly at lunchtime, like fly an actual heli. Yes. That's yeah. relaxing to me. Flying the sim is not relaxing to me. Well, with what, you know, I've been really happy with the next sim because I, I keep my sim dongle in my transmitter case, and then I usually always keep the 570 at minimum in the in the trunk of the car. So really, I'm going to work loaded to fly, but if the weather turns out to where it can't cut it, then I'm still loaded to sim. Yeah, I do the same gotcha. thing with the 380, but I just never sim, even if I decide <laughs> not <should>. to fly. <laughs> I yeah, don't know why. Yeah. I, I really, huh. like, I enjoy sitting down in the evening when it's quiet, you know, just putting the laptop out there, sitting on the couch, and simming for an hour or so. No, see, I can't, I have to go in, like, total isolation. I come down in, uh, down in my recording room, and I'll sim there. Or if it's really late and, like, everyone's in bed, then I I have to wait till it's, like, super dark, and I'll turn all the lights off in the house, and I'll sit. We have, like, a little breakfast nook table, and I'll sit there. With, like, no lights on. So it's just the computer screen. And I I don't know if it's that I just can't have any distractions at all. And that's what does it. But I tend to, when I do that, and then when I actually, when I throw on Pandora in the background, give me something with a little bit of music, that's when I'm really at my sim best. Yeah, same here. I go with the music most of the time. They're all music, Pandora, Spotify, and... Put the headphones in and kind of zone out and focus up. Yeah. See, I, I, when the music's on, I just start screwing around. Man, that's fair. So it's <laughs> got to be complete quiet, no one around, sitting on a cozy couch. <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's it for me. 
for the week. Nothing super, super exciting. The weather's looking freaking oh awesome. Oh, this, dude, this whole week has been fantastic weather. Yeah, well. And this weekend looks like it should be good, too. Yeah. We gonna fly some stuff tomorrow, let me tell you. Or, well, Saturday. How about Wait that? a minute. I was going to say, <laughs> what? Are you taking another Friday off? <laughs> yeah. No, they won't care for that. That would be frowned upon. Eye infection? <laughs> Again? Again? Every Friday. It's weird. It slowly okay. builds throughout the week. So that's me. Awesome. Who's next? With all the time and money you put into your hobby, the last thing you want to do is throw away your flight experience on bad blades. From the feel of the heli in the air to its appearance on the ground, which blades you choose to bolt on is one of the most important decisions you have to make. That's why you need to put those old and busted blades to the side and make the switch to some new hotness. Brought to you by Burt Kammerer of BK Designs, Switch rotor blades are sure to put the finishing touches on your heli. Whether you're into sport flying, hard 3D, or F3C, Switch rotor blades will get the job done on everything from a 250 to an 800 class heli. And we're not just talking about main blades here. Switch has tail blades and night blades too. So stop wasting your time not flying the last brand of blades you'll ever need and make the switch today www.switchrotorblades.com I'll go next uh, and to start off I do need to commend you on your use of enamored it it worked out fairly well yes. except you make the common mistake that everyone does you are not enamored with something you are enamored of something okay, okay. fair enough but it works really well. A for effort, B a minus, for effort. B minus for execution. No, I, I, I'll give you an A minus. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, B plus, A minus, B plus. I'll go B what plus. Is, what does enamored of mean? That that'll determine your final grade. Oh, uh, enthralled with it. Did I get that right too? <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> filled with a feeling of love. Yes. Yeah. Captivated. With a three-bladed head. Captivated. Yeah, so my week was sort of similar to yours. I did not get a lot of flying in, but I did get flying in. Uh, of course, uh, after being up in Bellingham for the entire day on Friday and having to deal with the wind, I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but I came home thinking this weekend was going to be crappy. Uh, and the weather was going to not allow me to fly. Turns out that, like usual, that wasn't the case. Except, unfortunately, with work being as busy as it has been, I didn't actually find time to get out to the field and spend a few hours out there. And because my 380 was out of commission, <clears throat> <laughs> I wasn't able to go to the baseball field to Sucks fly. Sucks to be you. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Nick. I'm just giving you a hard time. But the nice thing was that uh, my order came in the mail on Monday. Thank you, Ken, from Lower Heli. I placed that order actually At? right before I left. 
Bellingham Friday afternoon. Yeah, at the field. Perfect. At oh, the field. Nice. That's- I had a shipping notice when I got home at 530 that afternoon. And it was on my doorstep when I got home from work on Monday. See, he knew. He's like, nice. oh, I, I know those ass clowns are out flying. Yeah, he Friday. went and did something wrong. <laughs> I better be ready. <laughs> and I picked up a set of the servo horns. So I was able to replace the servo horns. And I've got a couple of spares. And I also, I think I mentioned this before, I picked up a set of Zeal blades, the 380s. Oh, yeah. In yellow. They are really nice looking blades. Uh, The other observation I'll make is that they seem to be very stiff in comparison to Mm. the stock SAB 380s. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't flown them yet, though, because I only got out for two flights uh, earlier this week during lunch. And that I told myself I am not going to do one or two or three flights and do a swap out. I want to get the the um I want to get a good feel for the 380s on or from SAB and then do a back-to-back swap with the Zeals when I have time to focus on it and put an, a number of flights in. So hopefully that is this weekend. Cool. Um did Let's you, see. Did you continue to tune the 380? Uh no, I didn't. I changed a couple of things based on where I was going from the last time I flew it and went and flew it for two flights and things felt well. And I made some mental notes to go and update a couple of settings, but I was too lazy to do it during lunch because I just wanted to get the flights in. So what have you changed since it left uh, for my own personal reference? I increased agility, which is my flip and roll rates a little bit. Mm -hmm. And... I'm still, you know, the jury's out on that one. It did feel slightly slower than I remember it, although that may have been uh, tempered by the fact that the last heli I flew last Friday was the 770. Mm -hmm. And my 770 did not, I didn't tune myself into the same corner on the 770 as I did with the 380. Um, So, but I did go up on agility by one point. I'm feeling it out after two flights. I think I want to go up one more click to see where I come out at, but I may drop back down to 10, mm-hmm. which is where I'm at right now. Uh, Expo's still the same at 20, and, right at 20 okay. and 15 on the tail. And the, let's see, initial response is still the same at two. two yeah. And that feels okay. Not quite as crisp as I'd like, but I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with it for a little bit and see how it goes. Okay. So I I'm still <laughs> playing around with it, and I'm sure I'm gonna have to mess about with it just a tad when I go to the Zeal Blades, especially based on just how different they feel physically, you know, on the ground. Now mm-hmm. you you can do bank switching, correct? No, uh, I don't do bank. Well. Could you, Technically, though? I can set up my radio to do bank switching, but the way the demon does the the tuning is it's got a feature called real-time tuning mm. where I can basically choose any of the parameters oh, okay. in the fly barless system, and I can assign it to my tail gyro channel. Yep. And so it locks the tail gain in on the menu in the software, 
and loads yeah. that into the the daemon, and then I'm able to use that new channel to tune the parameter. And yeah, so that's was, what I like to do. Okay, I was just going to mention that when I was going back and forth on the 7HV with blades, it was awesome to use the bank switching to completely tune one set of blades on one bank, swap them over. You know, there's some minor adjustments to the gains and whatnot. So completely tune another set of blades on a different bank, and then you can do a true back-to-back tuned comparison. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, and so the way I could do it on the on the Demon is I wouldn't have the ability to do a true full bank switch. What I could set it up for on the Jetty is flight mode-specific channel arrangements, mm-hmm. and for head gain and tail gain, or in real-time tuning, for the same tail gain for a, a head gain and a parameter that I choose, yeah, I yeah, could flip response. back and forth yeah. between three or four, or up to six flight modes mm-hmm. to do different t- different values. Oh, gotcha. I just haven't ever messed with it uh, yeah. in that way because usually I get pretty damn close with the real-time tuning, and then once I've got a feel for what direction I need to go in, I'll just you know, move in that direction on the software and then move to the next parameter. Yeah. But that was good. So I did get back out with the 380. It works perfectly fine. It it was really only the, the servo horn that got stripped. I have not had an opportunity to get back out with the big helis, but this weekend is looking absolutely amazing. So I'm hoping I'll be able to get out, and I really need to get the Diablo speed up and running with the new lead weight in the nose because I want to be able to come to um, come to Othello, which is coming up in four, <laughs> four weeks. weeks. Holy yeah. crap! And actually do some speed flying with it. I Agreed. did get some simming in, little less than an hour. So I'm I'm slowly getting back to it. So I'm up at 16 hours or right about 16 hours right now. Uh, you know, work has been so crazy. And as Nick mentioned, we've had a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in the podcast that the sim seems to be the first thing that drops off. Uh, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks that will, that will change. Yeah. You've a been hammered at work. Um, dude, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's just crazy. But it's just another day at the rocket factory. You know, right. I did not buy anything. Uh, is that right? Well, no, I, I didn't buy anything. Horns. However, however, I am working on selling and buying something. And that is selling my Scorpion 160 ESC from the 770. Mm-hmm. And buying a TBD, but probably cosmic ESC <laughs> to replace it with. Nice. Here's the deal. It's going to be a cosmic, but it's going to take that amount of time for Justin to come to terms with that it's going to be a cosmic. I it, it, it has to be a cosmic. I've come to terms with it, but I don't like buying cosmics. And I can say that as an experienced cosmic buyer. I own, I own three of them. It doesn't get any easier, guys. It's yeah. it's incredibly painful. It's like buying batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it just makes sense. The, yeah. My my only other option, I think, from my perspective, is the YGE. 
until I get the internal governor on the new BD system, which is supposed to be coming soon, at least for the team to do testing on, then, uh, you know, I've got to rely on an ESC governor. And the Scorpion has not been getting it done lately. The castle is meh. And I think the only other options I have are YGE and Contronic. And so YGE is not cheap. It's not as, as expensive as a Cosmic, but you also lose the BEC and you lose the logging. And for the three for a 3D heli, the logging is not as important to me, but I have been dying to get rid of the stupid RX packs on the 770 because it's <laughs> the only one I've got left. That's oh, why I think yeah, the, the Cosmic fair. makes the most sense. That's fair. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not in a hurry on it. I'll I'll, uh, I'll come up with something. Ugh. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Do I buy a speed controller or another or heli? a kit? Yeah, or another yeah. whole Thanks. helicopter. I knew you were going to say that, Jesse. There are, <laughs> it's a very there are tough decision. <laughs> two on the horizon for me because obviously being a VBAR Gov guy, uh, I am intrigued by the Hobby Wing 160 if it ever comes out. I mean, I keep hearing about it, hearing about it, but. I am too. I'm um, really excited about that one. And then the King Kong. The 200 amp. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, that's that's right. true. Yep. We were looking at that. I think uh, I, if they're not like in stock right now, they'll be in stock within the next couple of days. I do believe MD Helicopters has those in stock. They're importing them. And these are the ones that uh, Duncan yeah, flies Duncan's with. flying it. And features ah. wise, man, there's a whole bunch of features. It 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 really does pile up on everything that I could ask for. I mean, no BEC, but then again, no BEC for less than half the price of a Contronic. I'm going to throw it on the V-Bar Gov anyway, but it does have an internal Gov with an adjustable gain, so who knows? Hmm. Yeah, 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 I mean, hey, it's... I, I'm never going to complain when new ESCs come to the market. Yeah, exactly. In my yeah. opinion, it is probably one of the worst markets in the entire freaking hobby industry. And the more competition there is, the better off we're going to be. Yeah. I just don't want... I love that it's big and burly, 200 amp, but I'm getting at the point with the trioblin where I got to start shaving some weight. I'm afraid to put it on the scale. On the scale, it's just a whole lot of helicopter. Cosmic. Yeah, but I don't know if a 200 or a one, even a one. Okay, buying a 160 is kind of dumb, right? Why? I don't know. It just feels like if you're gonna buy it, are they the same size? They're exact. All of them are the same size. Well, then why would I buy a 160 uh, d- versus a 200? Because a 160 is like 160 bucks less than a 200. Nick, do you have any data as far as like amperage draw and power consumption and that type of stuff? Because could you get away with like a 120 with really good cooling? Well, so I say, yeah, because (laughs) I have... Because he is. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I I understand it's a third blade, but that's still what I've been flying on the 7HV canopy on, no fan, no nothing. 
But yeah. guys, okay, hold on a sec. Let's let's take this back to basics and not get confused about these ESC ratings. That's 120 amps continuous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are not pulling anywhere near 120 amps continuous. Not all the time, but I bet you I can. Okay, in a, in a continuous full collective hurricane, I agree. Yeah. But yeah. But you're certainly not pulling 160. No. No, I don't think so. I mean, you've got my eagle tree. You should put it in there and see what you get. Uh, Oh, just do it in line? Yeah, dude. Absolutely. It's only, what's it rated for? 150? 150 amps. I mean, you're going to, yeah, okay, so maybe it clips out a little bit if you get some big peaks, but you're going to get 90% of a feel for it. Yeah, I've got, you know, I could easily just swap ESCs, too. And, that, I mean, I've got the Castle. The Castle. The Edge 120 in mm. the two-blade and the Scorpion 130 in the three-blade. And that's not for, I mean, that's just how it, it'd actually probably be easier just to swap heads, truthfully. Yeah, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty much faster getting an ES, I hate. Man, yeah. Getting wired on a front-mounted ESC to get all the stuff to the back? Yeah, no thank you. I'd rather pull apart nuts and bolts Well, and all not day just long. a front-mounted, but a goblin ESC. Yeah. I don't mind telling you, I do not like that under-mounted ESC. <laughs> I like it because, like, the way that I have mine mounted, I have fans on both of them, and they face straight down. You know, they're set up to pull. So when I turn the fan on, I'm just getting fresh air right through the hole in the canopy, right up on the ESC. Now, having said that, I have yet to get that Scorpion 130. I mean, much more than lukewarm. Um, The castles usually do run a little bit hotter, but I haven't needed the fans yet, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. It, It should be interesting, though. Yep, well... I'll let you know when I finally pull the trigger. Cool. I'm looking around on the forums when for some good, good opportunities. And if I don't find one, then I guess I'll just have to pull See, the trigger on a new one. You, you said that, and I to me, no way. Like, you guys know me. I am a bargain by use, no problem all day long, right? I will never, that last heli jive experience i will never ever buy a used esc again yeah i can respect that and yet the ones that i'm looked at looking at are new in box yeah but but at a discount yeah but i mean still are you going to be able to get a warranty yeah because i won't buy Mm -hmm. a contronic device without asking for the receipt and most people who buy contronics know that they need to keep the receipt okay if I mean, if I could it's, get it's it like under an warranty, unspoken code of the Cosmic Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, because you <laughs> want to stab yourself people. in the eye if you burn one up and can't get a warranty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Been there. So okay. All right, I think I'm pretty much done with my stuff. I'd like to hear about Jesse's week. Having a trailer full of new hellies isn't anything to complain about. But we're still talking about the same old dumb thumbing triple sow cow and Charlie Chaplin Ottawan pilot behind the sticks. Now I'm not exactly easy on my helis, and when I need parts, I need them fast. 
This is where Lower Heli comes to the rescue. With a great variety of my personal favorite heli parts and batteries, no matter how bad the crash, I'm sure to be able to get right back in the air to do it all over again. Fly lower at www.lowerheli.com. Man, hopefully you guys weren't planning for like the grand slam here, you know, going yep. last. I'm ready. I'm pretty sure you are going to make it exciting, <laughs> my friend. Don't let me down. All right, let's start. Let's start with this then. First off, I did not get any flying in. Oh, oh no! It's going downhill quick. Yeah, it's <laughs> quick, quickly declining. Nope the the weather. I Nick did text me last weekend for that. You know what? You were out there for like an hour or something. Yeah, and you're like, hey, let's head to the field, and you know, it was. Sunday, middle of the day, and it just didn't work into the schedule. Saturday, I think the weather was just horrible all day. So Yes, it was. It, you know, just did not work out. And working all week, I do not have the luxury of getting out and flying during the day at work or during lunch or anything like that. Um, and then, man, the recording on Thursday, although extremely awesome from a schedule, freeing up the weekend, you know, summer type schedule. From that perspective, it's great. But from the... Sometimes I get out and fly on Fridays, and then I have something to talk about perspective. Not so great. So. Yeah, it throws a big, big <laughs> yeah, hitch that, in your You're right, up. dude. That that kills it. <laughs> and so ho- hopefully I'll change that up and get out tomorrow. At least but you don't have to wake up early tomorrow for work, right? Yeah, I do have tomorrow off. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hit or miss with my job and the position I'm in. If there's work, I kind of need to. I'm basically expected to you know, get my job done and make sure the work gets done. So if there's work, I'm going in on Friday. And if there's not, then I, t- I can take Friday off. So yeah, this week I, I do have Friday off. So hopefully I'll be getting out tomorrow. I have been, if you'll remember back last week, I wasn't quite finished up with the 7HV to Kronos conversion. So I've been diligently working on that. Longest conversion oh ever. Oh my God. Leave Dil- me alone. Diligent. It's amazing. You're beating me. Leave me alone. <laughs> Diligent? I do not think that is the appropriate word. Almost nightly. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? Whittling one out from I mean, scratch? No, no, no. I'm not. I mean, I'm not talking hours here. I go to bed pretty early. Three you minutes know? You a walk night? in there, you clean <laughs> one screw in an IPA, you install it, you admire the canopy, and you walk out. Yeah. Next. You you misadmire the canopy before the screw. Okay, oh, sorry, well, that's so. fair. That's fair. That's because at least because as we established seconds. in that episode, when you come into the room, the canopy mm. has actually been on since yes. the previous since night. The previous. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, you're just keeping it on there for looks. No, I I have been working on it a fair amount, but you know, not many hours per night, just given the fact waking up early, going to bed early. You know, all that sort of good well, stuff. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's get to details here. Not many hours, mm-hmm. but you've been working on it for like three weeks. So how many hours have you put into this conversion? Mm-hmm. And, and like, granted, I know you're you're breaking it down and actually yeah. like doing it all yeah, over again. But. The, the entire heli was a part. There wasn't a single screw left installed in the whole airframe. And then and, everything got polished and cleaned as well. Oh, so you actually did um, like get the mothers out? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's why, Nick. Okay. Every part, every screw cleaned, um, you know, back in the alcohol, shaken up, dried, 
that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, lot, lots of polishing, lots of cleaning, getting all the grease off from around the motor and the motor mounts and the main gear and all that stuff. Uh, but it is completely back together, ready to go, programmed, you know, stickers on the canopy, the whole deal. So, oh, wow. Oh, dude. You oh, yeah. Finished stickers off, on got before some for the maiden. Yeah. yeah, dude. I got some fancy pilot stickers. My name, RC Heli Nation. You know, huge thanks to Ninja Apps for those. So, look awesome. Had to stick those things on, especially before the maiden. Why? You don't do that, Justin? No. I Remember can't. that? It oh, I do. You you have to wait till it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It works every time. Flies better, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, I was so ballsy on the on the Triablin Maiden that I even made it with my stickered canopy on it. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whole new level there. That's taking it to another level. Um, yeah, so it it is completely ready to go. Super happy with you know how the how it turned out. Wiring really clean. Went through, made all custom length. Dude, Ev- I saw everything. the wiring job. It was um, clean. So really, really happy with that. Glad I glad I did kind of take a little bit of extra time and really get it how I wanted and get everything situated in there. Uh, went back through you know from the ground up back through the V bar programming. So kind of a nice refresher. It'd been little bit since I'd worked through that from start to finish on a, a fresh fresh programming, fresh heli, basically. Um, But yeah, other than that, I'm just excited to get out there and, and fly the thing. The geometry changed a, a little bit on the head and they're now... So I, I moved the balls on the servo horn in about three to four millimeters, three Whoa. I think three millimeters, to the recommended 14 or 15 in the manual, I think I was at it about 17 and a half uh, for the 7HV. And so, I don't know, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about how it flies and the performance and you know, locked in precision. Um, so, I'm stoked to get out there and tune the thing up. And So, this is that, uh, is this that weirdo head? This it's is. adjustable damping? Yeah, so the damping's kind of weird on it. So, you have about five, I believe, six small O-rings on either side of the spindle shaft. So in each side of the head block, there's about six small O-rings with two uh, Delrin inserts that go in the middle. So first you put the Delrin inserts in and they have a, a like a V-notch in them. And then mm-hmm. you put in these six O-rings and then you put a larger Delrin kind of thicker washer. And that's your final piece that kind of sits in there. And then once you bolt the whole head together, you tighten down the head button, I guess, on the top. And that also has a V in it that fits into those Delrin pieces. And that separates those Delrin pieces out and applies pressure and tightens up the dampening. That is just, that's freaking cool, dude. And so they recommend in the manual, they do give you, you know, start at one millimeter of a gap between the head button or the top and then the head block. Mm -hmm. So, and that's kind of start there. It may break in. You may want to tighten it up, go looser. Um, and so, and I'm I'm really excited about that because I'm sure you guys have heard me, you know, complain before about the 50 to 80 flights on the dampers I was getting before with the KBDD yeah, ones dude. in there. Yeah, I remember that um, from my 7HV. Yeah, I mean, you'd get about 75 flights, and then you'd go, "Where'd that mysterious head bobble come from?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, it's been about 75 flights. It's probably time." And to then change you take out the them dampers. out, and they're like jelly. 
and then it flies like brand new again. You put another $5 set of dampers. So not a cost thing, more of a time and convenience thing, but nonetheless. So hopefully this will take care of that. So we'll we'll see. But definitely a cool system that I have not seen before on, on anything else. So hmm. interesting. Um, yeah, other than that, no buy, no sell. No fly. No fly. Man, no it's sim. Sad. It's pretty sad. No oh, sim. Dude. No sim. That's like no the no sim. card. You, you got, got the, the. This is like. You know, I, the I just gotta, trifecta. I got to get them all no, out actually, of the way. It's, it's a fourfecta. Quadfecta. A quadfecta. <laughs> Sounds like a bad <laughs> disease that What'd I want to get me? rid of. <laughs> Sounds like something you don't want. I should probably take some medicine for I that. think you just swore at me in Yugoslavian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's uh let's move on from there. Now, this would normally be the spot where I would introduce the news. But we have opted to not go there and for reasons of we have no news. <laughs> Someone make some, some damn stuff. news. Seriously. I know. I don't know what's going on. It's It's been slow. Oh, guess what? I saw pictures. I take that back. I'm not going to do links. We're just going to do this on the fly. I saw links that the Velos 880 has some new landing skids on it. Oh? Yeah. Hmm. That, and they were flying them with their own tail blades, I, t- I believe, too. They were big. Big. Do we have any better feel for when that thing is going to be released? Yeah, never. Oh, it's unicorns. <laughs> it's a unicorn. Yeah, very okay. simple. Well, there you it, go. It'll be at all upcoming trade shows, large events. But I don't think it'll ever actually be in Do we production. think it's going to fly at Urcha? Cuz yeah. remember last Urcha they didn't they they were like they were missing some parts or something. But they actually they've been flying it, I think. I mean, I've yeah, seen Yeah, I mean, I've seen yeah. the video, the one with the really awesome blade sounds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no news. Man. Yeah, we're about ready to have a clean sweep on Heli Daily. Yeah. In the new product section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. We're going we're going for a for a straight flush. It's all our CHN thumbnails. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty bad, man. <laughs> Sorry for being consistent. <laughs> Wait, well, they're uh, missing episode 179. Oh, Jesse's fine. Yeah, that's probably us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we would have like, Did been you really one. need to bring that up? Man, we would have been Man. one away, Jesse. Now we yeah. got to wait two more episodes. Two more weeks. We'll get there. Okay. Well, let's, let's move along from Let's that. talk about something interesting. Do you wish there was a fly barless system that could make you throw down like a pro? Well, now there is. The Spartan Vortex Fly Barless System is offering some of the most advanced features seen on the market today, making sure that you'll be flying like a pro in no time. So what are you waiting for? Go and get your Vortex Fly Barless System today. Results may vary based on pitch, response time, age, head speed, brand of heli, time of the year, crash budget, number of friends cheering you on, size of helicopter, temperature, wind, servos, weight of heli, willingness to take risks. Contact your favorite hobby shop about getting your Spartan fly barless system today. 
For more information, check out www.bkdesignsllc.com. This topic got brought up by one of our listeners. Sent me a message, and this one just completely broadsided me. I mean, I have this is not something I think about, have thought about, and can just be head down, tail tucked between my legs, <laughs> have never done. And that's really embarrassing to say because it's bad. But let's discuss fail safes. Oh, yeah. Discuss now, what? first off, <laughs> you're saying you've never <laughs> used them before? Well, if I have, it has not been on purpose. <laughs> it's been. <laughs> well, because if someone we, made it idiot proof and it, it happened it, to it, set itself. <laughs> thank you, Spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk. Well, first, I, I just want single yes or no answers. And we'll get past that first. Jesse, do you intentionally set up your fail safes? No. Justin? Yes. Oh, thanks, jackass. Well, Nick? No. <sighs> I'll tell you why. Because I never did up to the point where the 770 almost hit me. Ah. Mm. Very good point. That's, you know... That's a damn good re- that's, reason to that's start. That's as good a reason as I've ever heard. <laughs> so so let's talk about what, uh, Justin, why don't you give us, let's, give me a rundown of what is a failsafe. I mean, when we talk about failsafes, what's, what's the goal? Okay, yeah, and, and actually it bears mentioning uh, the, the 770 almost hit me event just got me thinking. In that particular event, it wouldn't have done a damn thing. And that goes towards the definition of a failsafe. Mm-hmm. What a failsafe is supposed to do is, uh, well, act as a failsafe in the event that you get an interruption or a loss of signal. Not loss of power. If you brown or black out, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> the receiver doesn't have the ability to default to the failsafe condition. But but the bottom line is that uh, most radios and well, in fact, I think all radios nowadays uh, and I will I will say most fly barless systems have the ability to set fail safes and they usually come in one of two or three different categories. One is turn off all of the signal uh, if you lose signal. Okay, so that means I'm not sending any output signal to the servos. Another one is uh, the hold or failsafe mode where it will revert to a preset channel configuration that you tell it, or it holds the last known command that you sent it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are, and, and I, I think they call them different things on different systems, but that's the basic idea. And the idea is you lose signal momentarily. You, what do you want the heli to do? You want it to go to, you want it to revert to a servo and electrical configuration that represents the most safe configuration you can have. 
And I, you know, there's a lot of debate if you look through the forums on what that should be, whether you should use them, that sort of a thing. But in the absence of that, I think that the default is that the, well, and again, it could be, it could depend on the radio, but the defaults that I know of are typically that it just doesn't send a signal. Ah, And when that's the case, your servos have no drive. So it's just going to do what it's going to do. I do know of a couple of systems where the default is uh, a repeat mode or a hold mode. And that's where it just continues to do the last command that you sent it, which could also be a bad thing if the last command you sent it was full (laughs) collective and in the corners on cyclic. (laughs) Yeah, or full collective and it's going towards you. Towards you, yeah. So actually, I want to bring that. Okay, so what is... Uh, I'll go around to each of us, and I would like to know what your, what each of our personal preferences are on how we set ours up, and then we'll go back around one more time, and we'll talk about our specific helicopters, fly barless system, radio, and how you would actually do that. So, Justin, what is your, how do you set yours up? Uh, I set mine up in a predetermined condition mode, okay? And so that means that I want to set it at, uh, for each channel, I want to set exactly where I want them to default to. And the way I do it is for cyclics and rudder, I want it to be center, okay? So neutral center pulse width. For collective, I want it to be mid-stick. And for throttle, I want it to be off or low throttle. Okay. And so what that does is it puts your heli in a yep. situation where you've got no cyclic pitch inputs. You're, you're basically mid-stick on collective. The heli is in the most stable condition it can be in, regardless of what physical orientation it's in whether it's inverted or knife edge or upright that default set of of channel conditions it it will not allow the heli to go wild right it's basically just going to drift or and and fall Mm -hmm. okay jesse yeah i would have to agree do you do anything i mean i guess we haven't well no yeah if if I guess I'm more going off what my preference would be. Yeah. Um, so for me, I would completely agree. So have the throttle, you know, in the throttle hold position or completely off. So it kills the motor as soon as there's an interruption in the signal. And then, yeah, all the stuff, basically the the mid stick, because like like Justin mentioned, you're, you're still going to have. So let's say you're in you know a hurricane. You're still going to have the momentum of the helicopter that's going to keep carrying it in that direction, but it's not going to be pulling or driving it in any particular uh, direction. So, you know, much like Justin just said, I feel like that's the the safest thing as well. Yeah, I happen to. I completely agree. I mean, I could see the, I could see the appealing part of wanting to put it into that mode where it holds last position because if you did have. Uh, a momentary loss in signal and then regain, you could potentially avoid a crash that might happen. But the the safety risk there is just, it's huge. You know, if you get that thing in a weird orientation where it's full collective, 
and you lose signal, it's just going to keep going and going and going and going. And that's way worse than any crash that would happen. So my definitely, my default is zero collective. I mean, all of the servos basically in their neutral position with uh, zero throttle. Yep. Now on... On my radio, the 10J, there are two modes. One is called normal mode, and the other is, or N-O-R, the other is F-S, which is the fail-safe. Normal mode on mine is the one where it holds the position where it last was, and F-S mode is the fail-safe mode where you would program each channel uh, to end up where you want it to be in that event. Um, on the V bar for everything except the throttle and see, that's another thing everyone needs to be aware of is just because you set them in your transmitter doesn't mean you have everything covered because, because I run the V bar governor, that means my throttle on the radio is not directly tied to the throttle that's coming out of the V bar. So on the V-Bar, there's actually a setting on the receiver menu when you go in there. Once you get it all, everything all set up, you would put your your switch configuration and or stick configuration on your radio, which would equate to zero throttle coming out of the V-Bar. And then you hit the button there and it remembers that. So I'm setting... All of the cyclic fail safes and everything in the radio, but then I need to make sure and have it in zero throttle, which I mean, really, it, basically, it's just throttle hold. Make sure you're in throttle <laughs> hold. You know, I don't run an idle yeah, in my absolutely. bailout, but just make sure you're in throttle yep. hold and then hit the fail safe thing and, and it remembers that. And so, okay, everything's all good. So that's all that I have to do. And I, I can truthfully say that I've never put the effort into, I don't even know where the the default is in the radio. I don't know what configuration is the default in the radio. It might be full, you know, <laughs> zeros on all channels or full positive. I don't have a clue, but man, after this got brought up, I was just like, oh, my gosh, the guilt came over me. <laughs> how could I? Well, I mean, seriously, yeah. how could all of these things that we've learned along the way, how could I not have done that? Well, you know? I think it's because and, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't think anything's going to happen. They haven't yeah. had the experience. They've never been around someone that's yeah. had the experiences. They're like, well, you know, I mean, I set up my model correctly. It's not going to fail. Well, and I have another theory, too, which is I'm going to blame it on Spectrum. Okay. Uh. <laughs> because, you know, most of us learned flying Spectrum. And on a Spectrum radio, when you bind it where your sticks are, is your failsafe. Yep. So where your stick position is now, think about that for a second. Don't (laughs) bind it with low throttle, low stick, because that is also full negative, right? 
Correct. Yep. So when you're binding your spectrum, if you want to be zero throttle, neutral collective, neutral cyclic, you need to make sure that you are in throttle hold so you have a throttle hold programmed and you Mm -hmm. go up mid-stick on everything and then bind. Because I would be willing to bet that there have been more more than one signal loss situations where all of a sudden that model was <laughs> hauling ass. And yeah, we got and, us, uh, that's you true. know that's a that's a really good point, Nick. So let let's talk about that a little bit more. Uh, and you guys may not have thought of this because you've never actually used failsafe. <laughs> so this will be a learning experience for you too. You should. Always test your fail safes. Always test them on the bench with the blades off, right? And so, uh, it well with the blades off, or you can. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Hey, yeah, we need to say that. We do need to say that, or you can you can flip the flip two wires on your motor. It's whatever you want to do. There are a lot of people that seem to be incredibly lazy. Uh, about about pulling their blades off when they're testing motor stuff, which is very scary. But anyway, um, yeah, because you're right. You could have done the fail safe incorrect uh, or the whether you're doing it on the fly barless system or the radio. That makes a difference too. some of the fly barless system fail safes that I've seen are not as intuitive as a safety feature ought to be. And mm-hmm. so maybe someone programs it wrong, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, you, you just got to make sure that um, that you've got them set up correctly and it's doing what you want to do. So how do, how does it work on yours with the Jetty and the, and the Bavarian Demon? So the way it works, so for, for one, I have always set my fail safes in my radio. I, I mean, honestly, there are people that have made arguments that say it's better to go in the radio because that's where the signal is going to and coming from and the fly barless system blah. I mean, I, I don't think any of that is valid. If someone does, I'd love to hear a technical argument substantiating it. I like the radio. So before that, I use the Futaba. I think you're probably going to talk about that, Nick. Uh, but in the jetty, the way that it is done is in the actual receiver. So the fail safe lives in the receiver. And so on the radio, you can go into a device menu and it allows me to actually connect to the receiver that's powered on this model, whatever model it is I've chosen. And you can go into uh, what amounts to the receiver software uh, or firmware, just like you're programming a fly barless unit. And it's got like five or six pages of options and one of the things is fail safe. And so for that, you can choose for each of the channels what the default option is. And uh, there are three main abilities. There's the what Jetty calls repeat, which is a hold. And all that does is holds the last control signal that you've sent. And that's the default for all receivers when you first bind them. Then there's the off the output off, and that is that there will not be any output signal provided by by the receiver, so the servos aren't going to hold their positions. They're just going to go limp. Mm. And then there's the failsafe. 
And so what I do is I choose fail safe. And then from there, I there's a little programming feature that allows you to go in and set the actual positions for each of the controls that you want to do. And it's, it's, you know, throttle collective are separate. So I don't have to worry about that. I go to throttle. Mm. I choose zero or low stick. I go to collective. I choose mid stick or center point. And then you do the same thing for the cyclics and any other channels for, um, for the Bavarian demon. It's a little bit different. And when we, you, so you can go into, um, the radio programming menu and once you like the one where you choose what servo type you have all of Mm -hmm. that uh and set the channels and then what it has is a fail safe section where you can basically go in and choose either blank which is nothing it's it's a default it doesn't it doesn't hold or set a fail safe uh hold where it sets the position that you last sent to the radio or what they call fix and fix means fail safe. And on the fix option, it actually gives you a slider to choose the, uh, the number over the control range that has been set in the diagnose page, which is, you know, the control throws where you calibrate your endpoints in the radio to the fly mm-hmm. bar system that you want each control to go to. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, I've played around with the Bavarian demon one just because I wanted to see what it was all about. Uh, but I don't use it again, just a preference. I also don't use fly barless expo. I put expo in my radios. And so I do the same thing with the fail safes. Now, once, once the BD comes out with, uh, with an internal governor, then you might need to go in and do that. Correct? Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. I think it all depends on how they're going to implement the governor, but you're right. And, and, and actually I'm going to claim ignorance on that and ask you guys, how do they do it on, on V bar or on icon or one of the fly barlesses where you use their governor? That just like I mentioned, yeah, Nick mentioned it in, to- in, in the receiver tab on the V bar. It's just a little set fail safe thing. And all it says is do basically what it's saying is do whatever you need to do in the radio to have the V bar commanding no motor out. Yep. So whatever switch configuration you need to do in your radio, set it there and then hit this button. And so we just use the throttle hold like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Which basically means throttle hold. Um, and then, okay, and then that will be your throttle failsafe. When we when I lose signal, that's where I'm going to turn it to. Yep. Okay. And now, it's just because there's no direct control like we used to have where it was direct control from the radio of the throttle. It's it's not that case when you're going through a fly barless system governor. Right, right. Yep. And now uh, does, the, does the V-bar limit you? to what you can apply a fail safe to. That's the only thing that it has in it. Okay, let yeah, me rephrase my question. It only takes question. care of the motor. Uh, does it limit you to the the receiver choice? For example, Bavarian Demon's fail safe only allows you to apply it 
for PPM or satellite receivers. Oh. It does mm-hmm. not allow you to apply it to SBUS. It wants you to default to the Futaba internal mm-hmm. fail safes for SBUS. You know, how about this? It might, but when I am choosing SBUS, that's the only thing I see. If okay. that makes sense. It, it, there yeah. might be another one that pops up that when I'm on a different receiver style, or maybe that, that button does cyclic and motor out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm in a different receiver style, I honestly, I don't know because I, I never choose another one. Right. Yeah. So at, at any rate, I believe that you're going to go there. I, I mean, hitting that button in throttle hold takes half of a second when you're setting it up or when you're <laughs> done. So it's just, it's a no brainer yeah. now, you know, that I see that to, to do that. Yeah, I I think it makes a lot yep. of sense, man. And and so, you know, you set it up, try it, try it on both. Try your fly barless system, try your radio, see if you can see a difference on the bench. I mean, the bench test is just as simple as getting it set up, taking the blades off, and turning your transmitter off. Yeah, and seeing right? what it and does. What is, seeing what how it, it responds. Do. If yep. it spools up, yep. try again. <laughs> <laughs> try so, try if it up, pee a little pee because a little. now well, you have your radio well, if you off, were smart enough now, to take your damn blades off yeah i mean that would yeah. be ironic you are setting a fail safe and you're testing it with the blades on <laughs> inside 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 on the bench yeah preferably while, you're standing next to the heli and yeah. now you're holding a transmitter that's powered off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You've never prayed to have your transmitter boot up so fast before in your life. Oh, man. Um, I can comment. I went ahead and did a little more reading today. And the CGY 750, I could not find any mention in there. Oh, I might have really? missed it. It's not my fly barless system. But I quickly browsed through. I did not see anything, which leads me to believe because it obviously it handshakes intentionally so well with Futaba that it's all done in the radio there. So don't. And that, I, and, that would make sense. I mean, yeah. yeah. Don't think that because we're saying there can so. it's it's a case of there can be fail safes in your fly barless system, but not all might have it. But every yeah. radio has one in it. Yeah. So I, I actually have a couple couple comments. So, you know, the, the 8FG is a lot, you know, very similar to both of what you guys mentioned. It has the either the hold feature or you can go into each channel individually and go, okay, here's, I want to set the throttle fail safe. I'm going to put it in throttle hold and I'm going to set that channel specifically. And then I'm going to do the pitch separately. And you go through each channel and you can set it how you would like in the transmitter. I was doing some reading on the forums and I want to get your guys' input on this because it's it's not really clear to me if it's a valid point or if it was just you know someone going off or something like that. So a lot of people were separating the types of failsafe saying there's one situation where you need to rely on your transmitter failsafe because you have lost signal. The the transmitter is no longer talking to the receiver. The receiver then knows to go into failsafe. And it's still sending a signal to the fly barless system. Uh, let's say we put in, 
you know, where everything's going to go mid stick, neutral and no throttle. So the, the receiver is transmitting that signal mm-hmm. to the to the fly barless system. The fly barless system saying, yes, I'm still getting a usable signal from the receiver. And that's what it's going to tell the servos and the motor to do. So you've this is when you've lost transmitter signal. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I know. Now, there's another situation yeah. where the signal coming out of the receiver, let's say the, the transmitter and the receiver are still functioning properly and they're communicating and talking. But the signal coming out of the receiver is not usable for the fly barless system. And so I've been reading a little bit where people are saying this is where having that fail safe in the fly barless system where when that signal coming out of the receiver isn't usable for the fly barless system, it kicks in the fly barless system fail safes. Very. Because Ooh, your transmitter is still talking to your receiver. There's nothing yeah. to trigger your transmitter fail safe. But maybe your receiver failed and the and the signal it's sending to the fly barless system, it can't it's not valid anymore. Something you yeah. know, something's broken. Well played. Yeah, very well played. And That's so a really now good that, point. That fly barless system fail safe needs to go. I can't use this signal. I'm going to default to my fly barless fail safe. Yeah. I wonder like, so what I, happens I if a, your your receiver wire comes out of it, your fly barless system. Exactly. But you Every, still have power on the fly barless system. Now I'm yeah, going to have to just try because I have fails. no idea. I have no idea. Like if I'm just sitting out there on the bench, wiggling the sticks, and I unplug my receiver. I have no idea because, what happens on Because you agree, when the transmitter loses signal, the receiver is still telling the flywheel oh, yeah. system what to do. Yeah, it's, but if you're... I mean, this would be like if your S-Bus receiver came unplugged or you were running like a single satellite. Your, and it just, your transmitter fail-safes aren't going to do anything. No, they're not good. They're, no. Wow. You're hosed. Interesting. <laughs> now, yeah. Justin. You know, that's uh, that's... Actually, that's pretty damn obvious now that you mention it. But here we are. Um, so that and, that's, and I kind of was reading that when I was going through the icon because the the icon specifically recommends. You know, a lot of people are saying set your transmitter fail safe, and if you lose signal, those are going to kick in because your receiver is going to tell your servos, your, the flybarless system, to have your servos go mid stick or whatever you choose to do in your transmitter. But if if uh, your receiver fails or comes unplugged the icon defaults to holding the last position. So depending on the type of failure that you have is going to depend on which failsafe kicks in. See, now I wonder if if the V-bar has it, it just maybe didn't explain it and or I'm not aware of it. And and I, I couldn't find it either for the V-bar, Nick. I did look. Once I was aware of that kind of situation, I started digging into it and I couldn't find anything on the V-bar for, okay, what's my heli going to do? <laughs> wow. So I Justin, suspect the default is that it holds. Uh, well, holds are centers. <laughs> I, I think hold is the typical default. So, yeah, yeah. I would say holds. Yeah. And that, okay, so that would be, wow, now I can see why it's really important to, like, you know, in the V-bar to set that motor off fail safe because that would just suck. Damn it, this also means I have to go back and program my BD fail safes. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well... You just bitch. blew our minds, <laughs> yeah. well, it, and it, 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 The same thing happened to me earlier when I was reading, the, you know, reading this post, and I was like, "That is a very valid concern." Because this, you know, they the guy was saying you absolutely have to set both. 
because you don't know which mechanism is going to cause a failure. So I wonder what, so the icons got both, the BDs got both, V-Bar we're, we're just not sure of. It might have both, but we don't know which one it goes yeah, to. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. specifically I'll find say out. which way it goes. What what else? Um, well, the the AR seventy two hundred Beast Beast X is, you know, I would assume, going to be bound to a Spectrum. Uh huh. Um, and so that one just sets that that kind of eliminates the whole S bus thing being plugged in because it is it is the receiver all in one. And so that's the same as your typical Spectrum setup. It's going to fail safe wherever you bind, whatever position yeah. you bind it. But in. I wonder about like the Beast X. Yeah. Wow. Mm. You just turned my world upside down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say we have a little bit of uh, research. I had to throw to a, I mean, <laughs> it got me thinking for the afternoon. I sure know that. It got me doing a lot of research. Yeah. I mean, it, it does make sense. Uh, it's probably worthwhile to think through all of the different failure mechanisms that could occur to cause that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only really credible one, and I'm sure I'll get emails from this or on this from listeners, is loss of the wire. Now, you know, that could come in a couple of different ways. Does the wire get pulled out? Hopefully yeah. not because you've hot glued it or, yeah. you know, or, taped or, it or a, rec- whatever. a receiver failure, though. Yeah. Or a receiver failure. Or a receiver That's true. Failure. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Or a little, you know, yeah, a little cheese damage to the wire it would be the first time i've had a satellite cable break Mm -hmm. yeah see with satellites that's even worse yeah because like if see i'm just thinking about like an s bus style receiver or a ppm receiver yeah Yeah. you know less less likely i agree but still it could happen they're, they're hobby-grade stuff, regardless of brand. Yeah, true. Yeah, well, that wow. is awesome. Got some more research. Definitely some stuff to think about, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. Just added a whole bunch more to my to-do list. Well, it, it yeah, it just shows the importance of thinking through all the different, kind of like Justin mentioned, thinking through all the failure mechanisms and making sure that you are covered. So I guess, you know, that would be one where you guys were talking about taking the blades off and testing your failsafe by turning the transmitter off. I wonder if you could. Yeah. You know, of course, the being, damn receiver. being safe, but yeah, unplug the receiver while the blades are off and everything and yeah. see what. Yeah, see what happens. absolutely. I actually really like Justin's idea of uh, um, not unplugging the motor, but actually reversing a motor wire, because then it'll spin against your one-way yeah, bearing, well, and yeah. you'll know that the motor is spinning, but you're not going to kill yourself. Move anything? Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it it makes sense, and that way you don't have to be, um, you know, taking the blades off and bolting them back on. Because well, I mean, even I, that- I do it for safety, but let's be honest, it is a big pain in my ass. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Try putting three on. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Another yeah, Justin got a first-hand look at how humorous that is. Yeah, in my in my trailer, <laughs> <laughs> it's a l- little awkward. Okay, so here's your homework. By next show, you have to have set a failsafe and checked it on the bench. 
All right. That's fair. And at least figure out whether V-Bar, what V-Bar's default is. I suspect it's hold. Maybe they were smart and they set neutral. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I will find out. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual PowerLab 8 charger, to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead. Head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com, bringing charging power to a heli near you. Now I have a question. This is completely out of nowhere. Uh-oh. I was I was sitting there on the sim working on these Pyro TikToks, and it's like I've got a lot of things that I want to work on this year, you know, get through the pilot proficiency thing, uh, you know, mostly that get through as far as I can through that. But, you know, there, there's, there's a move that like uh, the pure TikToks for me were one that I wanted to accomplish uh, that was definitely achievable and I'm working on it and I'm happy about that. But I was curious. I also have a move that I really want to learn how to do but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I really want to. Do you guys have one of those? Do it ever? Well, you mean like you don't know if you'll <laughs> ever be able to do it? Successfully. <laughs> okay. Because the risk factor, the, the crash risk factor is very high. Very interesting. But I'm I'm curious if you guys have like what's your number one move that you feel this year would be achievable and then you're you're maybe it's like your your Eleanor of moves, your golden move that you're like, I've mm-hmm. got I've just I would kill to be able to learn how to do this, but I just don't even know if it's possible. It's like a freaking unicorn. Ooh. Interesting. Well, I, I can tell you my move that I think is achievable. Okay. I'm gonna, you know, it's something I could do rough, rough on the sim, very rough in real life, not to the point where I'm crashing, but it's barely recognizable. Uh, is a pirouetting Mobius, and I'm oh, talking yeah. tight, like clean, tight, very, yep. You know, getting some speed behind it, where you're actually at a pretty good angle coming around on the corners. Um, so, like a a Mobius funnel? I don't know if I'd call it quite a funnel. Um, half and half. It's like cream. Yeah, but just, you know what I mean? Not where it's kind of like, oh, it's a moving hover type, flip it over. Yeah. Like a, yeah. you know, you're actually in it, pull, you know, you're pulling it around. You're in knife some edge on the ends of the Mobius. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, 
And I think that's pretty close to a funnel, though. Really, you're, yeah, you're you're right. You're you're definitely getting right there. Because I mean, a funnel's not ninety degrees. Uh, a, you know, a good solid yep. funnel sits at forty five, fifty yeah, maybe degrees, a something steep. like that. Yeah, yeah. So pirouetting Mobius funnel. That is, a, to me, that's a that's a fairly high crash factor. I think that's a well. Unless you're doing it up high, but yeah, then what's the not? You still got to stop pirouetting. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So, so that's your uh, that's your achievable. That's, that's one? my like. You know, I can I can at least comprehend how to do it. I can go through it on the sim, mm-hmm. and I can sort of fumble through it in real life um, without just stuffing the thing in every time. So that's one that I feel like, given enough practice and time, would be achievable. Yeah. Okay. Do you have like a an Eleanor unicorn move? Man. I got I got to think about that one for a minute. Okay, Justin? Yeah. Oh yeah, I can go. I can go on both of them. Oh wow, nice. My, See, he knows. My achievable and and one that I've always ever since I saw it for the first time, I have always wanted to learn how to do this. And I think people are going to think, "Oh, that's kind of simple and boring." But a properly executed pirouetting loop is so awesome looking. To oh, me. yes, they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're beautiful. Yep. Uh, and I feel like I can get there. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not this year. Maybe. It just depends on how the, how the whole proficiency program is going. But uh, that feels like a reasonably achievable goal. Only it's just a tops. matter of spending the time to, you know, to actually work towards it in a focused manner, as opposed mm-hmm. to saying, I'm going to fuss around on the sim a little bit. And yeah, eventually I'll be able to fly like Alan Zabo. I think uh, that those are only topped by a pirouetting globe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, honestly, the pirouetting globe was the one that I had initially thought might be the unicorn, mm-hmm. but I don't, uh, it's, it's not the pirouetting globe. Um, I do like the way they look. My unicorn would be a backwards rolling vertical figure eight. That's. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I was. Yeah, that's funny. I was just going to say the same thing, but just forward, like just a vertical rolling figure eight. But yep. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, that's got to be just harder than hell, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I I would put rolling circle in with my non-unicorn pirouetting loop. Again, grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. I can do them with my eyes closed on a plank. But when you go to helis, my brain is just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have collective with planks. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why. <laughs> Huh. Wow, those are good ones. I Pure TikToks are my normal. I mean, those are the ones for me that's like, I'm getting those. I'm determined to get those down clean this but year. But see, that's kind of cheating, dude, because you already can do Pure TikToks. Okay, but... You went out and did those. I could not go out right now and be like, well, look at my really yeah, shitty pirouetting okay, loops. A difference dude, between but, that and five feet on the ground, fully comfortable yeah. in one spot. No, no, we're talking. Give me like, a stretch goal here, that's, Nick. Dude, 
for God's that, sake, that man. Is. It's a Piro TikTok. There's, you don't, no, there's a huge, I'm not you don't understand. I want another one. I want one no. that you can't do at all right now. Those are, I have been, that is like been my 90% sim focus since we started simming this year. So I am four months into simming doing those just to get what you saw in real life. And I've got a long way to go. And, you know, my expectation for a maneuver, like Jesse said, that's one thing to be able to throw them, cobble them together at 80 feet. But I want those things like 10 feet off the ground, right out there in front, stationary and controlled and movable. And that's a big jump. That's a big jump. I mean, look how long it, it took to not just, again, be able to, quote, unquote, do a Piro flip, mm-hmm. but to be able to take, you know, a double, triple, whatever Piro flip and control it and put it down low. I still can't get them as low as I want to be able to. Shouldn't say I can. I've just never tried. <laughs> I can for a little bit. <laughs> I respect my models too much. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Okay. I, I, I can buy that. Yep. What's your unicorn, Jesse? Jesse, you figure it out yet? I mean, I could just go way up there, like a skids, Dude, it's a, a skids in pirouetting TikTok. Oh, I mean skids in. Oh yeah. See now that's just excessive. Exactly. No, that's it's a, a unicorn. That's, that's what not I mean excessive. though. It's it's a it's way up there. I'm just trying to think of like you know maybe something that's a couple years out versus just laughable. You know, <laughs> I don't think that's laughable. Oh wait a minute, I've got one. I've got one. Ready? Yeah, the the knife edge auto that Bobby Watts did at OHB. Now I got to remember. Oh, come on, Nick. You were the one that was like, OK, I'm crashing shit this year. Oh, because I'm going to try it. <laughs> uh, I think you missed the memo. Did you do that? Yeah. Oh, damn. And you uh, didn't crash. No. Aww. I can do. It started with the proficiency program for the 180 auto, right? Which is not a tremendously easy thing to do, to execute very clean. That's a difficult auto rotation. Like, that's the same one that, you know, Bodos and Bennett and those guys are out there playing past the transmitter with. They do a top hat. They come out of the top hat. And they go, um, they do a, a right hand, a 180 degree turn and hit throttle hold right in front of them and do a long swooping 180 degree auto. That's difficult. Well, that got me sparked to where it was like, wait a minute. If I can do a 180 degree auto and I can also, I mean, I've been doing stretched out inverted autos for years now. I mean, long ones, you know, putting them two, three feet off the ground, way out there, and just letting them glide in, glide in. I mm-hmm. mean, you guys have seen me successfully <laughs> hand crash those <laughs> numerous Spectacular. times. Spectacular. Yeah, I thought, why the hell can't I just combine the two? And Because that's all it really is. And yeah, I went out there, and it took a bit. And a couple of them, you know, I had to bank back in really fast and hard. But, oh, yeah, I got them full massive head speed out at the end and just hung them knife edge. 
a long time. So that's not my unicorn. But my unicorn is an auto. My unicorn is the forward flipping auto. The Hiroki Ito auto. That's right. (laughs) The the Ito auto. The Ito auto. The Ito auto. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So for those who have not, I have only seen it once. I was actually talking to Kyle Stacy about this today, and he laughed and was just like, (laughs) yeah, you're going to crash that one. It is a, you enter the auto with, uh, this is a head speed builder. So we come in as, as hot and as fast as possible upright, which is something that I am not as proficient as. I can build, I mean, I can do the aggressive inverted ones all day long, pop it a foot off the deck, you know, whatever. But very rarely do I come in upright to build a bunch of head speed. But you mm-hmm. come in fast, upright, build a bunch of head speed, and then do a complete three, well, it's actually more than 360 degrees, but a 360 degree front flip back to landing on the skid. The reason I say it's more, because to get a flare to build that kind of head speed, you're actually tipping back about 45 yeah, you're degrees. you're tipping the tail down. So you have to come in, Nose down, super hot, pull back to 45 degrees back, flare, and then do about a 400-degree forward roll from there and land back on the skit. I've seen it. It was the most <laughs> impressive auto-rotation I've ever seen. I loved it. I abs- It just blew my mind that you could do that. I don't know, man. And that's scary. The th- well, that's what I said. The risk of crashing, it's oh. like it either works or you break something. It's A or B. Well, the, the th- Oh, yeah. The thing absolutely. I'm thinking about is, you know, a lot of these other maneuvers that we're talking about, you can try them on the sim and it's very representative. I feel like yeah. an auto like that might not no. be best represented no. on a simulator. <laughs> no, what, you're, what I'm going to have to do is just go out there one day and do a couple, two, three packs worth of nothing but highly aggressive upright auto rotations and just work on building as much head speed as possible and then um, work on trying to to stop them with the collective mm-hmm. at two feet, three feet, right around in there. So just coming in whoom, and stopping them and just doing that over and over again upright. And then eventually I'm just going to, have to, you know, pull up the big girl pants and just flip it over. It. Just <laughs> flip it and do it. You know that I do it I at go... Othello, dude. <laughs> I'll I'll take yeah, a video of it. it. Well, I'm gonna. We'll see if I can get out and practice. I feel like it's something that I definitely will attempt this year. Like no question. I was hoping for a little bit larger spare parts count on hand before I did. It'll be a no canopy auto. That's for sure. But (laughs) I feel like it's achievable. Try it on the 570 first. It's no, (laughs) (laughs) it's just going to be a very steep learning curve. That's the downfall. So you don't really get to practice this. You just do it. And I will be there to watch regardless of the outcome. Yeah. 
I gotta try. Yeah, you gotta oh. know. You gotta know. So Jesse, then then should can we all make that goal? Do you think you can get skids in your <laughs> TikToks by the end of the no. year? No. No. I mean tech I think technically that- if that was all I practiced for the next yeah, you could probably eight months, could, yeah. I think I could probably piece something together by the end of the I year. I think that you and I owe it to ourselves to get Pyro TikToks down by the end of the year. Skids in? Yeah. No, not skids <laughs> in. Not skids in. Just normal Pyro TikToks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That feels like such a ho-hum goal. Well, then you do Yeah, it. then you said it. I'm not saying that I can do it. I'm just saying. To get them clean, in an Im- there's just like a yeah there's there's something about doing them fifty feet high, and then there's something about doing them on the deck where it's impressive. You have full control. Yeah, the good part is that for some reason, uh, that maneuver climbs for me. Mm. Like just by default, for me it walks it goes away from me, which is also good. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Those are two directions that we can live with. Yeah, exactly. Skids in, I feel like I would just panic and duck (laughs) and throw the transmitter. I'm just trying to think through which direction I would throw the sticks, and it's all bad. Yeah, because I feel like your default is usually negative, right? Which would be bad. Yeah, that would be yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> like it puckers my butt up just thinking just about just thinking it. about that. Yeah. Oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. No. What thanks. about Piro wobbles? Oh, I would love to learn those. You they know, are... I saw Lottie doing them the last time I was at the club. Like fast ones or slow ones? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. They look. They were recognizable as Piro wobbles. Oh, How about that? They are great. An, They're really difficult. That's another one where, and see, that one's even further, like closer, I would say, closer within reach than the skids and pyro TikToks because the skids oh, yeah. and pyro TikToks just kind of hurts your head. The pyro wobbles, I can at least think through, and I'm fairly confident I understand the stick movements for. It's just trying to get into that rhythm and making your fingers do what your brain wants well it's like it, they're like pyro tiktoks you know mm-hmm. the, it, to go to get to pyro tiktoks you have usually gone through like double pyro flips first which now we're talking about you know a a, a constant ish rudder uh, positive to negative collective transition mm-hmm. and then a circular stir varying in magnitude on your cyclic but it's for the most part, it's a nice round stir. Then come pyro TikToks, and now you've just trained your brain for the last year to do circular stirs. <laughs> but they don't require circular stirs; they require this like D. more <laughs> weird shaped D, D shaped stir. Yes, yes, and and it just it completely throws your mind. But yet. You're kind of somewhat, and it's also a little more difficult because the timing is twice as fast. You know, you are referencing nose, tail, nose, tail, every forward elevator, you know, or left or right cyclic, whichever you key off of. And you're doing a full pirouette per 
half yeah, tip. Yeah, it's double than like what a, a double pirouette flip is. Right. And then come pirouette wobbles. Now we need to go back to the circular stir, but yet we have to do them twice, twice as, as fast. Twice as fast, yeah. So a pirouette wobble is achieved by twice the cyclic stir speed of like a double basically one or the full same cir- tail rate one yes. full circle per half pyro yeah which is really really freaking fast hard. too it's really fast and then stay because your brain is just so used to keying off of one like the nose right just nose 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 every every full 360 degree rotation like you get that beat going in your head when you're doing double pyro flips and you don't even you're not even watching the heli but you you just you're in that rotation rate in your head and now all of a sudden you want me to stir twice uh doesn't work out so good <laughs> i call this one the i think they look really awesome when they're done right yeah Kenny and a, nails it and apparently uh, they can, if you do them aggressively enough, they are like a boom strike in a package. Mm. I think I've actually That's seen fair. Kenny blow up his helicopter in. That's right. In pure wobbles. Because before. if you get your timing off far enough, if, if you're aggressive with your pyro rate, because the faster you go with your pyro rate, you know, now you can get away with a bigger wobble. And so you really start stirring on it, and then you get like ninety degrees off, and it's it's, it's bad, dude. I mean, <laughs> that's a whole lot of stirring, pirouetting at the same time. I love it. <laughs> and those yeah. you would think like you're not even trying to flip the helicopter over, right? But they can still go bad really fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh absolutely, dude. Because yeah, it's ninety degrees off. Yeah. Now it's flipping real fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and pirouetting. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. Well, we shall see. We'll we'll see if we actually get there. If not, we'll probably end up with how, a couple good stories. You know, along those lines, how are you guys doing on sign-offs? Have you gotten past that initial burst that pissed me off at the beginning of the year? I haven't. Uh, well, there was one more day besides that first initial one. Yeah, for us, it's just been weather. And I'll be honest, now that like the weather's been so on and off, when we have gotten a nice day, it's truthfully been the last thing that I wanted to work on. Like I was just enjoying flying. And then for me also, I was kind of refleeting it, the, it during a lot of those. So I was my focus was getting my models tuned to the best that they could be at the beginning of the season and I can seriously say that I I'm done tuning. Like I am done tuning now. So what I might uh what I might actually do is since I'm still really enjoying flying both the 570 and the traveling, I think when I go out to the field on Saturday, I'm going to alternate back and forth. And I'm going to do proficiency flights on the 570 and work on my Pyro TikToks on the 700. Yeah, I need to. I've also done a similar thing where I was hitting it hard for the first two or so months. And then ever since I ran into challenges with 
the chase and then moved to the 380. I haven't been doing it on as many flights. I mean, I have four packs for the 380. So when I go and fly at lunch or after work, I usually do two packs of proficiency, one pack of fun, one pack of speed. And so I'm still getting it in, but I feel like I'm ready to get crap signed off Mm -hmm. and I don't have that opportunity very often. And so it aggravates me and I don't move to the next set of maneuvers. And that's all a mental thing. But Othello, I want crap signed. So it better not be freaking windy. (laughs) Or else we're lowering our standards for a windy hover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I feel good. Like, I feel like I'm right finally at the point where I'm ready to get back on track. I wasn't avoiding. I was intentionally avoiding it because I wanted other things done first. I I didn't want to be caught, you know. I I wanted my models at a spot where I could go out and practice whatever I wanted to practice that week. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to some of you know these harder maneuvers, you you just you can't get away with a crappy tune because you fight it. You know you're fighting the heli, Justin. I mean you know that you know yep. like you were struggling with the TikToks. It, yep. Hey. You're just going to fight it all that much more if the tune's not on. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Get them tuned and then just start working it. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're going to let everyone know that very, very shortly, uh, hopefully even by the time you guys see this, we will have a page up on our website for the Fun Fly. Uh, We will have a Facebook event for the Fun Fly going. Contracts all signed. We've got the flyers done. We're just working on, again, been super busy, just working on the last couple little details to get that all done. Yeah, Uh, what it really means is that Justin's been so busy with work that he keeps missing his commitment dates on getting said things done. I I didn't want to say that. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Well, it's, you know. we'll, We'll get it up there. Definitely by the time this show is aired, it should already be up. And we'll, like usual, we'll post it up on Facebook so you guys can, you know, see the initial announcement and then go subscribe to the event or, you know, whatever you want to do. We'll have the address up there um, so you guys can, you know, mess around with travel times. Flights in, we're looking about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour drive out of Portland. Portland's a huge airport. Yeah. So that's yep. definitely going to be your fly into airport for hotels. Uh, Salem is going to be your best bet. Which is- I, I'm actually going to try to, on the website or on the webpage that I do, include a couple of, of the hotels in both Salem and McMinnville. Okay. Uh, it, it The field is sort of sandwiched in between those two towns. And they're both about the same distance away. It's about a, you know, 10 or 15 miles, but we're out in farmland. So you can get across those 10 or 15 miles in probably 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's not a long drive from, uh, you know, two large areas where you can get at food, hotels, you know, grocery store, that sort of a thing. Farmland. Farmland. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. True. True statement. It's true. It is. I haven't heard that one before. Far. (laughs) Yeah. It's a city folk thing, Jesse. Oh, come on. (laughs) That's what you meant. (laughs) 
I know you live on farm. See, he didn't even get the joke. Yeah. That's how city he is. Uh, uh, no, it's uh, we've got you know we're already getting people asking. Uh, you know, I don't want to get overly excited and and make promises we can't keep, but attendance is looking up from oh, last yeah. year. Yeah. Let's just let's say that up. Uh, you know, as you guys heard, um, you know, Bert would like to come out to the fun fly. Hopefully we can make that work, which would be great. Um, I don't really want to name drop, but I kind of will. I know that, uh, there were some other higher profile people that were hoping to make it out as well. If schedule allows, possibly Kyle might come Kyle Stacy, but you know, at the end of the day, for all those people that have gone to our fun fly, they know that's not what it's about for us. It is about screwing off and having fun. <laughs> it is not about the pros. Yeah. No, but if but we can get some awesome of them to out. have them there because you're going to find that they're just as down to earth as the rest of yeah. us and they're just going to hang out and have fun too. And we have a big advantage. And I didn't think about this until just recently. You know, cuz I was originally kind of like, yeah, September. I mean, that that's just when it worked out to be able to get this field because of crops. But, you know, guys, here's the deal. All of the higher profile guys that I have talked to, the first thing they know is, oh, well, when is it? You say September. Oh, September. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm all done with That's the mess after by then. Urcha. After yep. Urcha. And, and you once know what Urcha's over, they let their hair down. That's right. And you know why? Because they don't have to worry about keeping their models in one piece. <laughs> it's not a yep. I've just I'm in the middle of practicing. I can't afford to crash this right now. And it's, it's not a business advertising thing where nope. they got to sit there and sell their, you know, pedal their wares. <laughs> pedal, pedal their wares. Yes. Wow. Medieval times. We <laughs> right. we are going back. Uh but yeah, it's just it's a really neat opportunity for everyone to come from beginner to high profile person and and act as one. Everyone's on the same level. We're just going to laugh and have fun. And, you know, I mean, can you imagine the the opportunity to whoop a top 20 pilot in the world's ass at the bottom? I mean, <laughs> oh, and I'll seriously. tell you what, that oh, yeah. opportunity exists, dude, because that is a <laughs> yes. great equalizer. <laughs> yes. The bottleneck is the equalizer yes. of all. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of fun stuff. Justin's going to be, just depending on who, how, and what shows up, we're going to be looking at doing, kind of like we did last year, a little mini speed cup. And I got to tell you, the 500 size or the even the 360 class, that was a hoot. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to do, you know, last year we kind of did anything... Uh, anything 600 and up and then anything 550 and below. And it was it was really sort of an impromptu thing where a couple of guys said, hey, I, I'd like to do it if you're going to go fly your heli, your speed heli. And then we got a few more and then we got a few more and it turned it into a whole thing. This time we'll plan it and we might have, you know, uh, a 360 to 500 class and then the mid sizes and the seven and eight hundreds if there are enough people. But if that's something you guys are interested in, send me an email so I can start gauging interest. Uh, and that'll give me a feel for how much effort I want to put into the planning as well. Because if it's just going to be another fun thing, we can do an impromptu. If we've got, you know, 
a number of people that would want to participate in it, then uh, we'll see what we can come up with. And I'll do a, you know, a, a little session beforehand to tell people how they should tune their helis and get some practice runs in. So it, it can be a whole whole little deal. For sure. Got a the lot other of- thing. Oh, go ahead. The other thing is, and this is, it's on my list. We're going to get there. I just haven't done it yet. Uh, this year, we're going to try to get our event set up on RC Flight Deck. That oh, way yeah. you can do pre-reg uh, for the fun fly because that has been a really popular thing. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people on it saying, hey, it would be really nice if I can go and, you know, have one place for announcements for the, the event and sign up and register, all that stuff. So look for that. Uh, hopefully I can get that put together in the near term. That's right. And again, we will have, uh, just like last year, I know we are going to have Ken from Lower Heli. He will be there with part support, and he's definitely grown his stock even more and more since last year. We had a couple other vendors. Um, I I haven't heard yet, but honestly, we haven't announced. <laughs> we haven't made the big announcement yet, so I'm sure there will be more, and we will let you know as we hear about them. Yeah, let's see. Not, we're going to be firing up the lights, of course. Oh yeah, construction oh, yeah. lights. Guaranteed. Nine until whenever. Uh, yep. Friday and Saturday night. What else? Yep. Uh, it starts on Thursday this week, guys. We're going to keep you posted on the exact time, but that's a change, too, uh, so that people have an opportunity. There, You know, here in the Pacific Northwest, our fun flies tend to be attended by a lot of people that will bring, you know, trailers or motor homes, and they want to make a whole sort of week or long weekend out of it. And so oftentimes they'll show up Wednesday or Thursday and just camp out and do some lazy flying until the rest of the group gets there for the actual proper fun fly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and and so we will be open for business on Thursday. Um, there's more than enough room for you guys to park. The flight line is over 2,000 feet long. Uh, and, and so, you, you know, there's no limitations <laughs> on room. RV parking. Yeah. Cool. We also have one more exciting announcement. I do believe we placed an order. Oh, yes, yes, we did. Justin, could you fill us in on that? We have finally placed an order to reload the apparel in our online store. Uh, our online store, for those of you who know of it and who have attempted to buy from it, and I say attempted because it's been a hit or miss sort of thing. Um, we've, you know, historically we've had a challenge uh, keeping inventory high enough to be more than sort of a onesie twosie deal on a given style and size. But what we've gone ahead and done is placed a huge order for uh, t-shirts of a couple of different designs, uh, hats, and then also hoodies. Yep. And so those, all of those are going to be in stock here. I'm waiting to get the final lead time. The order's been placed, uh, they're saying, a couple of weeks, but I want a little bit more solid of a number than that. But once we find out, hopefully by next show, we'll tell you when to expect them in, and then it will go into the store like it has been, and it's a real-time inventory 
not by design, but by Ken, uh, because he is so on top of shit that when something sells, <laughs> he updates our background inventory. And if we go out of stock on something, you no longer have the option to buy that something in the drop down menu. So yep. rest assured that if you see it available uh, on the website drop down menu, then it is able to be purchased. Correct. If you yep. got any questions, of course, send them to Ken at rchellynation.com and he will get you set up. I'm excited. This is the first time we have had the whole store stocked. Yeah, this is really going to be good. And, you know, it'll also, it'll give us a feel for, uh, you know, what, what everyone likes. Is it the hats, the hoodies, the t-shirts? We, we've got a feel for it from previously, but like Nick said, having as much inventory as we're going to try to bring in, uh, we can, we can try to fine tune things going forward. Also, uh, you know, coming into the season guys and, uh, we are way overdue for a giveaway, oh, a citizen definitely. giveaway. So can we like, we have stuff to give away, right? Jesse. I think we do. Yep. Don't we? We do. Uh, would you like to know what that is? I would love to know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what our giveaway inventory is. Is looking like at yeah. the this exact moment. We do. We do not have the the current up to date full set, but we've got a pretty good set of Scorpion tools. Right. Oh yes, that's right. We do have Scorpion tools. So why don't we why don't we commit to doing the giveaway next week? Okay. So Let's next do that. show episode one eighty three, we will announce a random citizen number. Uh, and, and what I was saying coming into this is the seasons here, we're going to pick back up on giveaways, get registered as a citizen guys. It's a one time $10 thing. Uh, it gets you discounts at, at fun flies that we're at on apparel, all sorts of different stuff like that. Random giveaways. Uh, I mean, if you're new to it last year alone, we gave away what? Um, oh, a lot. <laughs> we gave away like two kits. One of them was a uh, was a new release 570 Goblin mm-hmm. 570 at the time. Uh, fly barless system, a charger. Um, yeah, Lots. all sorts of different stuff. So, next show, get on it. Next show, cool, man. Jesse's gonna do the winner, winner chicken dinner. Get it loaded up. Nice. Okay, so, Mr. Justin. Yes. If someone wanted to get in touch with you eventually, how would they do that? They would get me at justin at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook, uh, either on my wall or in private message. Jesse, you could send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com or on Facebook as well. Uh, if you wanted to get a hold of Dan, that would be dan at rchellynation.com. If you wanted to get a hold of me, that would be nick at rchellynation.com. And if you wanted to send us questions, because I've been hearing, you know, I've been getting a couple of people in Facebook private messenger. That's like, 
this is probably better for an audio question, but since I've got you right now, I'll just yeah. ask you here. So, you know, uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. Please continue to send messages and emails. But if you've got something that you really want to get out there and get all four of our takes on it, then uh, send it in. Yeah. Because the good part is it doesn't just get you the answer. Well, it gives it gives everyone else. If you're thinking it, there's other people out there. Always. And that that reminds me of one other thing. I've been getting a couple of emails uh, requesting uh, answers on some more technical topics. Uh, so some of those will be tech tips. And I know the three of us have got tech tips and work along with everything else. But uh, I think maybe one of the upcoming shows we could we could do some listener emails on technical topics, even if it's not a question. Okay. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. Well, this is uh, this has been episode number one hundred eighty-two. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful week and get your fly. Get some flying oh, in. Yeah. Stick time. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, and Spartan Flybarless Systems. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>